The story you were about to hear is true. Attention, all true. She's alive. There's a lot of TV shows that you expect to end in a heavy fashion. Shows that are billed as dramas, perhaps. But what I find is that when a comedy ends, they attempt to be poignant. Be at the end of Cheers, maybe even Seinfeld. They want to be, at the very least, poetic. But there are some shows that you can watch them the whole time and you would never expect them to try to do a serious episode. So imagine my surprise when a TV show I had watched for multiple years that I thought was very silly, light humor, had an ending that not only depressed me, but almost made me cry. I'm talking about the TV show Dinosaurs. When I was a kid and Dinosaurs came on, I loved the humor. It was silly, broad, it had people in dinosaur suits, it had a baby with a catchphrase. It was very Simpsons-esque, but in an even more offbeat sort of way. I watched it religiously. I am not embarrassed to admit that I was a big fan of the baby. Now, I like TV shows to end and things to be business as usual. Things that I can picture constantly happening as we move into the future. Everything will always be the same at the bar in Cheers or that the cast of Seinfeld is still pouring over the minutia of their days or that the Simpsons are doing whatever it is the Simpsons do, which is just about everything. But in Dinosaurs, not only do things change, but they change in a way that is unescapable. Basically, the world ends, and it's the main character's fault that the world is going to end. I was dumbstruck when I finally saw that episode, because, first of all, you don't see that coming, but then you think, what was the point of any of this? Now, I have not watched Dinosaurs since it went off the air originally, and I think it was largely because of the way the show ended. But that does not diminish the fact that the show is pretty wonderful and really worth checking out. So on today's show, I'd like to talk to you about the TV show Dinosaurs. I'll talk about the people who helped create the show. We'll talk about the people in front of and behind the camera. We'll talk about its reception, and we'll throw in a few surprises here and there. We have an info-packed episode ahead of us, so without further ado, let's start the show. is a sitcom that was originally broadcast on ABC, ran from April 26, 1991 to July 20th, 1994. It's about a family of anthropomorphic dinosaurs that were people in kind of puppet costumes. 
and it was produced by Michael Jacobs Productions and Jim Henson Productions in association with Walt Disney Television. So I don't want to say there's controversy, but there's a story around the creation of the show. Because Jim Henson, the creator of The Muppets, had this idea to create a live-action film with animatronic dinosaurs, the working title of which was The Natural History Project. He was working on it up until the last months of his life. And as many of you may know, his death was very sudden and very sad. Henson passed away in 1990. This show would be in development by the Walt Disney Company as a series in that same year. And they were working on it for CBS, but eventually it would land on ABC. So what a lot of people will talk about is did Jim Henson create the show, or was it inspired by, or was he the co-creator? It seems like he might have been an influence, and certainly because it was a co-produced show, Henson and the people behind Jim Henson Productions deserve some credit. They created some amazing dinosaur costumes and puppets, but the official producers and creators of the show were Michael Jacobs and Robert Young Jr., Michael Jacobs was an American television creator, writer, producer, produced things that appeared on TV and movies, on stage. Some of the shows you might recognize that he worked on were My Two Dads, Boy Meets World, Charles in Charge, and of course Dinosaurs. The other producer, Robert S. Young Jr., was a producer and writer, worked on The Facts of Life, Who's the Boss, My Two Dads, 227, Boy Meets World, and of course, Dinosaurs. Both very talented, both kind of overshadowed by the person who probably inspired the show, Jim Henson, who was born in 1936 and passed away in 1990, very suddenly from an infection that nobody expected. Henson created the Muppets, voiced Kermit, an amazingly talented guy. Besides the Muppets, he produced other puppet-related entertainment like The Dark Crystal, Fraggle Rock, and Labyrinth. The show is a kind of interesting hybrid. Some say that it was inspired by The Simpsons, but really there's a lot from this show that you could take from any other animated show or any other sitcom about a family. Kind of goofy husband, a supportive wife who has to be very patient with her stupid husband, a baby who's a little precocious, and two teen, rebellious teenage kids, silly friends. They've been doing it since the 50s. So you could see some influences of The Simpsons, which was very popular at the time. And it's probably why this show got picked up. But we also have to remember that while The Simpsons started in 89, Henson had been working on this idea for the film before The Simpsons premiered. So you could imagine that if we do credit Jim Henson with the work, then we could say maybe The Simpsons was influenced by his idea. There's actually an episode of The Simpsons from 1992 that features a parody that implies that the show was a ripoff of The Simpsons. <laughs> Look, Maggie, they have a baby, too. It's like they saw our lives and put it right up on screen. Now, we're going to talk a little bit about the characters and the plot, but I just want to point out when you're hearing some of these characters and their last names that a lot of them were inspired by oil companies. Sinclair, Phillips, Hess, Richfield. They even used the initials BP, which stands for British Petroleum. And I guess you could read into the fact that when the dinosaurs died, they became oil. So it's a kind of funny running joke. The show itself is set in 60 million BC on the supercontinent of Pangaea, and it centers around the Sinclair family, Earl Sinclair, the father, Fran Sinclair, the mother, Earl's wife, and they have three children, Robbie, their son, Charlene, their daughter, and their baby, whose name is Baby Sinclair. 
Along with that, you also sometimes have Fran's mother, Ethel, on the show as well. After these messages, we'll be right back. Wednesday, one of TV's most beloved personalities is back. It's the return of Dinosaur. Cut, cut, Dinosaur. It's Dinosaurs, Dinosaurs. Oh, this is so embarrassing. Excuse me. Dinosaurs returns Wednesday. So, am I back or what? I'm sorry, Dinah. Can I get you a donut or something? Got bean dip. And now, back to the show. So some of the characters on the show, you have Earl Sinclair, who was played by Stuart Pankin. Originally, the actor Jim Belushi was going to play the voice of this role, but he turned it down because he wanted to focus on his film career. Earl is a megalosaurus, and it's hard to talk about these characters without talking about some of their puppeteering. But just as we talk through some of these, every one of these dinosaurs, and when you see them, they're very complicated, are controlled by multiple people. So, for example, Bill Beretta, Tom Fisher, Dave Goles, and Mac Wilson all had a hand in helping make Earl Sinclair live and move. So while we tend to focus on the voice, we should always remember that behind the scenes, there's like three or four other people trying to get this working. So Stuart Pankin was born in 1946, American actor, probably best known for voicing this role on Dinosaurs, but he was also on another great television show, not necessarily the news, where he played Bob Charles, Fran Sinclair, Nee Phillips, was voiced by Jessica Walter. She's an Allosaurus and the mother of the family. Earl affectionately calls her Franny Jessica Walter, born in 1941. She's great in the film Play Misty for me. But to modern fans, probably best known for playing Lucille Bluth on Arrested Development and as the voice of Mallory Archer on the TV show Archer. Robbie Sinclair was voiced by Jason Willinger. He's a Hypsiphilodon, their oldest son. He has a red varsity jacket. That's how you can kind of pick him out. This is definitely Jason's biggest role, although he did some voices on the Goofy movie. Charlene Sinclair was voiced by Sally Struthers. Her dinosaur type is Protoceratops. She's the middle child, wears sweaters, earrings, typical teenager. Sally Struthers, born in 1947, probably best known for her work on the TV show All in the Family, where she played Gloria. She also did some voice work on the Disney animated series Tailspin, and if you're a Gilmore Girls fan, she appeared on there too. Baby Sinclair was voiced by Kevin Clash, who also did a lot of the puppetry. He's the youngest child and also a megalosaurus like his father Earl. We don't know his name for a long time. We assume we're going to get one. Then we find out his name is in fact Baby, Baby Sinclair. If Baby Sinclair sounds familiar, and I'm going to play a clip of Baby Sinclair in a moment, that is because Kevin Clash, the voice of Baby Sinclair, also used the almost exact same voice to create another character, Elmo, on Sesame Street. If you got a good voice, don't let it go to waste. I think you'll hear here that they are very similar. Here is the baby. Tired, sleepy, night-night. No, night-night. Bottle! And here is Elmo. Elmo wants to know more about birthdays, don't you? How can we find out more? Pretty similar. Oddly enough, I find Elmo slightly irritating, and yet I kind of like the baby. I don't know what that says about me. Kevin Jeffrey Clash was born in 1960, puppeteer, director, been working on puppets since the 1980s, started on Captain Kangaroo, eventually would wind up on 
Sesame Street playing probably the most famous character, but would resign in 2012 after some allegations of impropriety. Some recurring characters, you had Ethel Phillips, Fran's mother, played by Florence Stanley, Roy Hess, Earl's buddy, played by Sam McMurray, Bradley B.P. Richfield was voiced by Sherman Helmsley. He's a Triceratops, although he's got a lot more going on than the normal Triceratops. I wanted to focus on him for a second because Sherman Alexander Helmsley passed away in 2012. He's a comedian best known as George Jefferson on the TV series All in the Family and, of course, The Jeffersons. You had Monica DeVertebrae, the Brontosaurus. I love the name DeVertebrae, voiced by Susie Plaxon. You had Spike, who was a Polycanthus, who is best friends with Robbie, and he was voiced by Christopher Maloney, who you might know from Law & Order SVU. The show had lots of guest voices over time, famous people you might know, people like Jason Alexander, Tim Curry, Michael Dorn from Star Trek, Buddy Hackett, Sally Kellerman, just a cavalcade of people came through and did voices for the show. If it had continued, I imagine the list might go as long as what happened on The Simpsons. The show ran for four seasons, starting in 1991 and ending in 1994. There were actually seven episodes that did not get broadcast in the original series when it ran, but would show up in syndication packages. Sadly, the show did not finish in the top 30, but it was this cult hit that just kept hanging on, and it had a good young audience that really liked it, until the final season when ratings slipped, and it went the way of the dinosaurs. There was a release of the show first on VHS in 1991, so pretty quickly. And then in 2006, they released the first DVDs of the show. And of the TGIF lineup that ran in the 90s, which was this block of sitcoms that were very popular, only four have had a full DVD release, and this is one of them. If you're curious what the other three are, they are Full House, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, and a show I mentioned earlier, Boy Meets World. After these messages... We'll be right back. Once upon a time, a baby dinosaur was born. Now, all this prehistoric fun is yours with talking baby dinosaur. Bring the baby. Baby dinosaur has six clever things to say. Welcome, Mama. I'm hungry. Hello. Hello, big boy. I'm going to bite you now. That's my baby. Got a lovely. And I'll collect the entire Sinclair family. Earl, Frank. And a baby. Robbie, Charlene. And a baby. Yes, and the baby, too. Even Big B. Richfield, official talking baby and dinosaur figures sold separately. And now, back to the show. There wasn't a lot of merchandise created for the show. They had a small amount of Happy Meal figures that released with the characters. There was also this great Baby Sinclair plush doll. And right now, that particular doll is pretty rare to come by in good condition. Very expensive. The Happy Meal toys and other sort of plastic toys, you could still find. Although, depending on the quality, they can run you some money. A video game for the Super NES was in negotiations. But as the show started to fall apart going into the last season, they decided not to go with it. It also doesn't help that they had created several other games based on the show that had nothing to really do with the show and were only using the name as part of this fad because Dinosaurs was that a fad. There was also going to be a board game, but that also fell apart, sadly. Even more telling, this show was popular enough that they were talking about making a movie of it. This happened during the fourth season, and I guess they found out early enough because the end of the show 
basically lends itself to not being continued in a movie. In 1993, Michael Jacobs produced a pilot for Fox about a caveman and his family that was basically the same concept as dinosaurs. A bunch of dinosaur alum even gave voice to the characters. Unfortunately, it didn't catch on. The good thing about dinosaurs, and this is what's fun, is that these are people in costumes. So much like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which a lot of these costumes were based on the way they developed those for the movies, you could bring these characters back. And there are people who really love this show and would like to bring it back. There is a petition on Change.org, in fact, with over 20,000 signatures. So if you're interested in having the Walt Disney Company make an official statement about dinosaurs perhaps you want to head over there and sign it just go over to change.org and search for walt disney company reboot dinosaurs and add your name to the list you never know we're living in a time where people are wheeling and dealing nostalgia like it's going out of style 90s nostalgia is chief among them so maybe disney looking to revive something maybe they feel there could be some merchandise would look into dinosaurs they could do a lot worse it's a fun show light about a family who does goofy things, but it was also very creative. The visual imagery, the voice acting, converged in a way that would be very difficult to do nowadays. So if you're looking for something to try, something new, or maybe to revisit, why don't you give dinosaurs a try? Now I could advise you to maybe skip the ending, maybe pretend that the ending doesn't happen, that there's not this darkness that consumes the earth because the dinosaurs didn't think things through, but it's a poignant thing to see. It's kind of gutsy, so don't skip it. Know that the show has an ending, much like the dinosaurs, and appreciate them while you can. Thanks for listening to the show. For more retro fun, drop by the website at www.retroist.com. You can find me on Facebook and Twitter. I'm at facebook.com slash retroist.com and twitter.com slash retroist. The music you hear on the show is by Peachy. If you have musical needs, you can email Peachy at peachy at retroist.com. Thanks for listening to the show, and I hope you have a great weekend. I'm the baby. Gotta love me. This has been a retrospective production. Goodbye.